This is the Ahsoka Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're here at the finale of Ahsoka for Part 8, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord. Allow me to commend you on your efforts today. You've been quite a worthy opponent. Can you not get me any more power? I regret we haven't met face to face, and perhaps now we never shall. Still, I know you. Because I knew your master. I concluded your strategies would be similar. One wonders just how similar you might become. Perhaps this is where a Ronin such as you belongs. Today, victory is mine. Long live the Empire. Welcome back, fellow Rebels, to our Ahsoka podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Ahsoka, Part 8, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord, the finale of potentially season one of Ahsoka. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Rebels. I am one of your other hosts, John. I have a joke for you. A Jedi, a witch, and a warlord walks into a bar. Uh, well, that's about it, really. <laughs> um, yes. I'm not creative enough uh, in in the comedian sense to, to come up with a joke like that. We need a punchline. Yeah. We'll ask our fellow Rebels to give us a punchline on the back of a postcard <laughs> to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Rounding out this trio, discussing finale, if we want to call it that. I am Chris. <laughs> it's definitely a finale. It is. There's no episode next week. It's the finale of the season. Yes. Well, no, is it the season or the series? That yes. is the question. Well, that is the question. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. No confirmation just yet. No, uh, no little uh, interstitial at the end of the episode. I'm sure, of course, with the writer strikes and... Uh, actor strikes going on uh they didn't have a chance to uh finally confirm it at least the writer strike is over and that's all been uh settled but right but uh, actor strike not settled just yet so they can't confirm anything um, but expecting i'm sure an announcement about what's next in the world of star wars coming up really soon yes yeah absolutely do, do you guys feel there may have been some creative editing at the end because of um uh, ray stevenson no longer being with us that they may have removed some of the parts with Bale and Skull? I don't think so, because if they were to do that, they probably would have uh, edited them out earlier. I think this is definitely set up thinking that Bale and Skull would be coming back for a second season or the continuation okay. of his story, because right now, definitely by the end of the episode, I'm not going to get into spoilers just yet. We'll get into that in the episode itself, but um, that is setting up that that character has to come back in the next time Ahsoka appears. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so there will be a recast if they are continuing the story of Ahsoka, I would say. So should we get into it? Because there is a lot to discuss. Yes, yes, there is. But before we do, remember, fellow Rebels, you can head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can join any Jedi or Sith-orientated podcast player of your choice. And of course, we will have our Cantina quiz for our Ahsoka podcast, where we will be bringing you our final, our eighth question uh, of this series. So remember, email us in with all eight answers uh, to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, where you'll be in with a chance to get your hands on some Ahsoka 
goodies. You can also send your feedback on all things Star Wars Ahsoka to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com as well, as well as over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Absolutely. And I did mention on one of our previous podcasts that we're going to do a wrap up of all of our pub quizzes, uh, all of our various pub quizzes uh, after we've gotten done with a couple of the uh, the podcasts in the next couple of weeks time. So you have a, bit of, have a bit of time to get your answers in probably about two or three weeks. Uh, and then we'll do a wrap up. We're also recording a little bit early. So if you have any feedback that you didn't get in time for Ahsoka, send them in as John mentioned, and we'll talk about those on our wrap up podcast for Ahsoka. But let's get into the episode, guys. Once again, uh, executive producer for this show and show runner is Dave Filoni. The episode, once again, of course, like all of the episodes, written by Dave Filoni. And this episode was directed by Rick Famuyiwa, who has directed many episodes of Mandalorian, directed uh, seven episodes across the three seasons of Mandalorian and became executive producer on the third season. If you want to know more about Rick, there's a behind-the-scenes documentary on the first season of Mandalorian. It's really wonderful to watch where all the directors sat around, talked about their style and their approach to Star Wars and the show The Mandalorian. He's uh, He has great contributions in there, so highly entertaining to watch. So go check that out if you haven't checked it out already. Definitely. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the finale of Ahsoka Season 1, Episode 8, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord? Sure. With the cargo loaded onto the Chimera, Grand Admiral Thrawn orders the Eye of Sion to connect with his Star Destroyer to prepare for the return to a galaxy far, far away. Elspeth is rewarded with a gift of shadows by the Great Mothers and is given the manifested blade of Talzin to confront the Jedi. Meanwhile, Ahsoka, Ezra and Sabine make their way to the Night Sisters' temple to try and stop Thrawn's escape. As they make their way to the temple, Ezra Bridger constructs a new lightsaber using spur parts from his late master, Kanan Jarrus. En route, they are attacked by two TIE fighters that knock out Ahsoka's ship. While Huyang and Noti repair the ship, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra make their way to the Chimera on the back of two howlers, which is now docked with the Eye of Sion. Making their way inside of the temple, they are confronted by Elspeth and the Night Troopers, whom the Great Mothers keep resurrecting after they are killed. As Ahsoka fights Elspeth, Sabine and Ezra continue to try and stop Thrawn. After dispatching literally two Death Troopers, Sabine uses the Force to help Ezra jump onto the Chimera. She heads back, leaving Ezra aboard the Chimera to support Ahsoka attacking the remaining Night Troopers, while Ahsoka kills Elspeth. In a last-ditch attempt to stop Thrawn, they chase after the Chimera in the repaired shuttle, but are too late as the Eye of Sion jumps to hyperspace, leaving Ahsoka, Sabine and Hoyang stranded on Peridia. As Thrawn and the Great Mothers arrive over Dathomir to unload the ship's cargo, Ezra escapes and reunites with Hera Syndulla and Chopper. Ahsoka, Sabine and Hoyang join the Noti and make their new home on Peridia, watched over by Anakin's spirit. Elsewhere on Peridia, Shin Haiti joins the bandits, while Balin's skull is guided to a mountain by a statue of the Mortis gods as he seeks his new power. A statue of the Mortis gods, John? Yes, well, that's what I found out. Okay, looking. 
um, on the interweb. Aha, Google. And I'm glad I did, because to be honest, I thought we were suddenly in Middle Earth. Yes, <laughs> connecting to the Rings of Power. Yes, uh, as he here, looks yeah. on to the lighthouse version of Mount Doom mm. in the background, flashing away. Yes. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Uh, yes, not much story here to tell about Balan Skull uh, and, and what his plan is, because uh, that's basically all we got in this episode. Yeah, nor Shin yeah. Hatai, for that matter. Yeah. I actually didn't think she was still on Peridia, even though we hadn't seen her. Yeah. So I was quite surprised when she rocked up uh, with her glow stick at uh, the, the, the kind of nomads, the bandits mm-hmm. campsite. Yeah, I was really surprised at that. They kind of killed the story with those two characters because yeah. she left and you thought she was going to try and get back to the fortress to yeah. leave. Yeah. That was the last. So there, it felt like there was missing a scene where she just like was at the base of the fortress as it was being bombarded. And she's like, damn it, I just fine. I didn't make it in time where she crests <laughs> a hill to well, get there. It. Yeah. Like, it just felt it was like missing. And then yeah. with Balin. Yeah, it's literally him standing on a statue pointing, the finger doth point the way. Yeah. Yes, and you're it's like, over okay. there. Yeah, exactly. Over exactly. where? Over there. Oh, yes. right. <laughs> yeah, it was a shame that their, their kind of arcs were parked, I guess, for, for want of a better word for this episode. But I mean, at least we got some kind of, um, snapshot into actually what happened yeah. uh, to them but yeah I, I would agree it was a shame they kind of fully parked their story because you know in in a sense Shin Hatai r- rocking up at the bandits campsite is in some ways going against what her master said she was going to do which was go and join your place uh in the new empire yeah. so yeah. So what has gone through her mind mm-hmm. uh, to sort of, in a sense, go against what everything was leading to for her in that sense? So, uh, yeah, interesting, yeah. kind of intriguing stuff there with that little ending. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel it was a little bit of a shame that um, they were parked. But I don't want to be negative about it because I did love this episode. Yeah, I, I, I must say I thought that... Um that Grand Admiral Thrawn and uh, Elspeth uh, were really, really rude to not even mention Shinatai throughout the whole attack. So I was like, hang on a second, is she just resting down in her bunk while they're doing this master plan to stop the Jedi from attacking? And then you see her at the end that she's actually never went back to their ship. Uh, but I was like, hang yeah. on a second, why isn't he calling on the Jedi that they have on board the Chimera? Exactly. Oh, she's not actually there. I'm going to my quarters. I've got real saddle sore from yes. that howler. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we but we may come back to that, uh, circle back into that uh, on our final wrap-up points. So uh, let's leave it there and get into our saber points as we've been discussing our major points from the episode. Let's start off with saber point number one. Yes, that's magic. But with a K. Yes, yes. yes. Let's, let's talk about these opening sequences as each side kind of readies their forces uh, for a potential final showdown as the Chimera starts to get ready to, uh, to take off and leave uh, the planet of Peridia to go back to our previously known galaxy, let's call it. Um, so on one side, we have quite a big moment, I suppose, Ezra building his own lightsaber uh, once again. We talked about it last week as Ezra handed over his lightsaber officially to Sabine, saying that's now yours. Um, Didn't want to take up 
her lightsaber, the one that she's had for the last, uh, what are we saying, 10 years now, (laughs) effectively. And now he's building his own lightsaber uh, from scratch. So this is... He wants it, obviously, to match with his eyes, uh, the colour of his eyes. He wanted a blue lightsaber, yes. Which I thought was quite cool. But uh, this was a great... um, this is a great little scene, actually, with him and, and Ho Yang. You know, Ho Yang's desperation because he's just rummaging around through all his, his lightsaber components and kind of making a mess uh-huh. of, of his kind of uh, organization. Uh, but at the same time, then, it kind of circles round to Ezra realizing um, that Ho Yang also taught... Uh, Kane Jarrus mm-hmm. and has the part that Ezra is looking for because it was specific to the lightsaber constructed by Kanan back in his day. And yeah. so, um, you know, as Ho Yang says, it's right that you have this. Um, and of course, I just, so that was just nice little touch point, I think, in terms of, I guess, that new lightsaber and yeah. what, you know, what it would mean because, you know, you could see Ezra sort of really sort of then paying attention to Huyang. Um and of course that more widely sort of uh, connected with uh, Sabine who had shown up as well you mm-hmm. know with Huyang sort of talking about the the master apprentice relationship that it's as challenging as it is meaningful yeah. and sort of Sabine kind of looking uh, you know away shall we say yeah uh, in that moment absolutely absolutely i just i i also love this process of the creation of the lightsaber you know it's become such a big moment since we first saw luke skywalker create his own one in the original trilogy and here we have ezra building his you know and, and again that he uh, young talking about that relationship between uh kenan jarris and uh and ezra kenan being such a central character in rebels and you know it, it just bringing him into the fold even though the character won't appear in the series because he is he is gone um i thought that was really important i did yeah. love the little easter egg there um for rebels fans who are who, who do know and for those of us that saw the bad batch as well um that he was originally called caleb dune and when he went into hiding, he renamed himself Kanan Jarrus. Uh, a great fix from Dave Filoni for all the uh, slagging that uh, George Lucas got for Obi-Wan Kenobi going into hiding as old Ben Kenobi. They'll never find him. Um, <laughs> so uh, so that was his fix. Kanan Jarrus took a new name when he went into hiding after uh, after leaving the Jedi Order. So, uh, so I, I like that they called out that, of course, Hu Yang would have known him as uh, his original Jedi name of Caleb. Yeah, I, I look, I love this scene. Just and only because you've covered pretty much all the points. For me, you you hit the nail on the head, which is the building of a lightsaber is such a special thing, and it's amazing just to get each at each time on screen seeing it. They monetized this so much back in the like in the parks because I built a lightsaber in Disneyland. It is, I know. and it was amazing. Uh-huh. And you get that same sense of awe when you're doing it as a 30 something year old man, mm-hmm. as watching it on screen. And now I just know they have that new lightsaber more than likely at Disneyland come a week from now. It's available to pre-order to- right now from, uh, from Disney, uh, Europe. Um, I already, I, I saw it last week actually. So I, I saw his stuff. new lightsaber last week available. So oh, uh, yeah, nice. the second version of Alvesra's lightsaber. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and it's just, look, they look lovely. Each lightsaber is unique and like, yeah. to the thing, but it is showing you that you can, like, they can redo these iconic scenes in a way and still link it to the past, but exactly. again, very much 
it's it's now a few it's a new thing it's the ahsoka plus timeline for ezra and his rebels like it's the kind of now like everything in rebels the cartoon mm-hmm. was say a pre this is now the live action so they're very much setting this no this is the way his lightsaber looks this is the way he looks now as space yeah. jesus this is the way <laughs> he talks about his master because i do think he they'll give him an apprentice at some point Potentially. And that could be that, yeah. that very much could be the green haired kid, Jason, like mm-hmm. his yeah. master's son. Like it, it kind of, it, it, they, they're setting up all of these post, post, I don't want to say animated, like it's a lesser than, but it's just mm-hmm. a, a different timeline. Now, this is yeah, exactly. Dave Filoni's live action extravaganza that they're building. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the other thing I just quickly like liked about this is, you know, Huyang also, Tells Ezra, you know, the deal between, uh, ah- uh Ahsoka and Sabine. Yes. You know, that Ahsoka was training, um, Sabine to be a Jedi, but she thought that Sabine was doing it for the wrong reasons Ooh, because yes. of the purge of Mandalore by mm. the Empire and the death of her family. And we do get, you know, that resolution, I guess, to that little, awkward sticking point between the two mm-hmm. uh, from Ahsoka uh, reliving through the force Sabine's actions back on Cetos uh, and going with Balan Skull uh, to to this galaxy you know as Ahsoka says your gamble uh, paid off mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you know she apologizes to Ahsoka and I like it you know it ties back in to the the episode with Ahsoka in the world between worlds here, where you know Ahsoka kind of says, you know, I, I'm not mad, um, as I too have made many difficult choices that you know only Anakin knew, and he would always stood by her even when other people were against what Ahsoka was saying, mm-hmm. and so you know Ahsoka is there for her. And, you know, no matter what happens next, but it's also in the same vein as the support that Anakin gave to her when he was her master. And I kind of liked all that. I thought that tied a real nice little bow around that. Absolutely. And I I even liked Ahsoka saying, I made many choices in the past that people questioned. And the only, the only people that knew that motivation were me and my master. So I'm going to be there for you. I thought that was a really good, um, part of Ahsoka's character you know again if you haven't watched Rebels if you haven't watched the Clone Wars the thing about Ahsoka was that she was a very powerful Jedi she did go through the whole process she was very committed to the Jedi Order and then they turned on her and she lost out on becoming a Jedi Master and left the Order because of it so um, so it's a really strong part of her character that she was a true believer in the ideology of the Jedi and they turned on her Um, so I like that she's taking on board the lessons that she had from her master and transferring them now to her new Padawan. I think it's kind of cool. Exactly. And I think the other bit of magic here is that we do see Elspeth being rewarded uh, for all her endeavours here um, and being given the gift of the shadows by her great mothers, this magical ceremony of the great mothers. And, you know, and looking at it, they, they really are pretty powerful entities, the, the great mothers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be able to manifest then the, the blade of Talzin for, for Elspeth, uh, as a weapon against the Jedi and the lightsaber. So yes, I, I enjoyed all this, you know, and um, I also enjoyed the fact that, 
I guess it was foreshadowing uh, what was to come in the episode, but where Elspeth um, says to Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, you know, there's little that the Jedi can do to stop us as Thrawn gives her a bit of sage advice, you know, about assuming uh, that everything is now sort of fine and dandy or yeah. honky dory um as many imperial officers have also made that assumption about the jedi that uh you know there's nothing that they can do now even himself yes. so i, I kind of like that you know never write off uh a jedi mm-hmm. um so i thought that was again i thought that was a really nice kind of opening here i mean that actually the opening sequence with again the chimera over the temple mm-hmm. but as the TIE fighters deploy as the backdrop to Thrawn. I thought that shot was incredible. It was, I was like fantastic. That is that is a cinema shot, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. uh, but done for TV, and it was just yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I, yeah. I, like, I also loved Elspeth stepping back with her new um, sword in her hand as she has her new power uh, bestowed upon her by the Great Mothers. Thought that was a great shot, and then a panning back to Thrawn with the Tie Fighters overhead. Very yeah. cool. Like one of the things I absolutely love with Filoni's version of Star Wars, and you know, to some extent, of course, George Lucas as well. But he's really leaning into the fact that this is a fantasy set in a galaxy far, far away. This is not science fiction. This is fantasy. It's really important to Star Wars that it's never confused with Star Trek. The complete science transferred to the future you know uh, they are not the same thing this is just a fantasy set in a galaxy far far away so that's why he's able to bring in things like witches and uh and and uh these kind of powers uh in here the jedi powers etc that's it's, it's cool he just does a really good job around it i, I i'm sure there's going to be internet videos uh, a mile a dozen about the lore of the sword and who who what, where, and how it all kind of links back. But do you, either of you know? Because I, I'm just kind of like, I was like, yeah. who, the, what, then, where? Yes, yes, I can help. Okay. I can help. Please do. Uh, yes, Clone Wars, uh, season six, episode nine. Um, there is a uh, an episode with Mace Windu, who we all remember, played by Samuel L. Jackson in the, in the movies, uh, and Jar Jar Binks, shockingly enough, uh, going on a mission to a planet which is controlled by a great mother, a, a member of the Night Sisters, who's been elevated to status of great mother. And she also pulls the Blade of Talzin out of the air she to battle does. against uh, Mace Windu. So um, so we have seen it before. It only, only made one appearance, but it is a special weapon assigned and can be pulled forth uh, to battle against Jedi by uh, by the Night Sisters. So, okay. And there then they you go. just kind of just, they, they just supercharged her with magic, essentially. They gave her access to Great Mother level of magic. No, they pulled the weapon and handed it to Elspeth, remember? Yeah. So, so it's only Great Mother, I guess, level uh, who can pull it out of the air. Yeah. Yes. Did they do something to Morgan to kind of, her eyes went black, she got the extra scarring yeah. on her face? Well, like, that's the bit I just didn't, like, did they just kind of go, okay, you're getting an upgrade, kind of like... Basically. I think okay. so, and I, I think it was uplifting her probably to their level. It's mm. just she, you know, didn't have time to get changed into her ceremonial red robes, Oops. I yeah. guess. Okay. Uh, because, yeah... I think that was the gift of shadows, and we see Absolutely. them deploying part of that power. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. later yeah. in the episode. And yeah, she's got the same kind of face markings that the great mothers do. They're bestowing them on her. Absolutely. And I 100% believed at that point she was also forswearing her life, forswearing everything to join the order properly, effectively. Yeah. I thought that was... Well, look, if she gets struck down by Ahsoka, it'll be okay. She can come back, just like the uh, troopers that we see later in the episode. Yes. But no, uh, Chimera does happen to uh, put complete page <laughs> to the place that she died. So I don't think uh, Morgan Elizabeth's getting out of that. You never know. Uh, people have survived worse in, in the Star Wars universe. So Exactly. Yeah. I did I did like that now, once we saw how the markings were given to Morgan, that I'm looking at the other great mothers, looking at their faces, going, so who touched your face in that intricate way? What way did they lay their hands on your face for you to get those markings? Well, that is true. <laughs> I was like, because one of them, I was like, okay, so if I squint my eyes <laughs> and tilt my head and they kind of put their hand like this, yeah. then I think that's your marking. Okay, yes, that's how it done. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, okay. Or you had like eight hands on your face at one go. Uh, but either could way. Could be. It could be. Yeah, the eight, the eight great mothers bestowed upon yeah. the ninth. Yeah, we we never knew we never knew how many um of the Night Sisters were originally on this planet. You know, these could be the last three surviving members of the Order. There could have been hundreds of them at some point uh, in the past as well. Remember, so we will and, find uh, out. We, more. we have heard that they moved from that planet uh, to our galaxy. So, um, so yeah, there were definitely more of them in the past there. So maybe there were ten different Great Mothers doing uh, the ritual, and now there's only yeah. they're only left with three. Maybe yeah. every single one of those coffins that are aboard the, the, the great ship with Thrawn are all great mothers. Absolutely so could be. It's a good way to move forward into our second saber point. Absolutely. On to saber point number two. Ooh, it's the night of the living troopers. Um, <laughs> I, I think we're going to take this as the battle all the way from, um, from their ship just after Ezra comes out delighted and happy and proud with his brand new lightsaber uh, all the way through to um, on board the Chimera. How about that? I think so. <laughs> so buckle in, folks. It is a long saber point number two. It can be. It can be. Uh, but yes, let's let's talk about that. The the flyover of the TIE Fighters. I thought that was really cool. Um, again, love seeing TIE Fighters uh, out there in the wild. Uh, we've, we've seen this now in, in <laughs> yes, most of Yes, that animal. Well, rather you than know, in captivity. Exactly. Rather than in captivity. <laughs> uh, we talked about that shot of them flying overhead with uh, Grand Admiral Thrall, but then we see them arrive uh, over over uh, Ahsoka and uh, and Sabine and um, Yang and Ezra as well. Um but the first thing they do is take out the engines of uh, of Ahsoka's ship and it starts to fall and looks like it's going to crush the Noti. So we get to see Ezra and Ahsoka teaming up with their powers yeah. to keep the ship afloat uh, while Sabine comes up with her quite interesting plan. I love Sabine. I really do. She's just got these way out plans. These are the kind of things we would have seen in Rebels from the character. So I love yeah. seeing them brought to life, you know, um, as she... Just all she wants is a little bit of engine power so she can crash into both of the TIE Fighters, take them both out, and destroy the only method they have of getting off the planet. And then she's like, what? I took out the ships. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> only thing is is that it's obviously apparent now at this stage that TIE Fighters are made out of papier-mâché. Yes. Because, yes. I mean, how the wings on Ahsoka's shuttle, um, those Delta wings, mm -hmm. survived that, I don't know. They're very strong. <laughs> but not, I mean, not even damage. I mean, it would seem like Huyang would have needed a whole new metal f forge to sort of repair. There, there must be some damage, but yeah. It's okay, I mean, he used all the Noti's houses. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Like, it was cool. I enjoyed it and so on. But 
And I know, like you were saying, it is space fantasy. Yes. But I was still like going, hold on yeah, a but second. You, but hold on a second. Yeah. I mean, this is like it's the cuddly toy tie fighters have just hit into it. It's just like I was expecting the comedy sort of Teddy squeak to come off them or something. <laughs> Counterpoint: If we're going to talk about them, like as if there it is a science fiction show. Remember, Tie Fighters mass-produced product, Jedi Starfighters. Very few of them in the galaxy, probably much better built. And I love that it was called out by Ahsoka that Huyang has been keeping that ship alive long before she was born, let yes. alone <laughs> let alone just for the last couple of months since it came off the factory line. Like, um, just so, a little just you know. a little thing from me. I thought right. it was cool. I liked yep. the idea. You could see it. Absolutely. And it did knock out the ship, so it did Absolutely. have to get yeah. fixed and they couldn't use it, yeah. uh, which I thought was quite funny as well. But as I say, I thought they possibly needed to tow it to Corellia uh, to get it sorted rather than uh, in the field. Hu Yang is a very, very experienced uh, mechanic. He must have melted down his right toe or something like that in order to sort of fix some of it. He is part of the ship now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, This looked cool. Yeah. Essentially, that reminds you of that scene in Force Unleashed where you see Starkiller take down they hold up a ship and then to pull down the ship. You can also kind of go into some of the more recent sequels where Ray Skywalker did the exact same mm-hmm. with the ship, um, but she destroyed hers. I like seeing that use of the force, that kind of like Superman kind of super heroics. Again, you said it's fantasy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing this looked cool visually, sounded cool, audibly. Um, and it it does it begs questions for later, but that's fine um, because I think it gets us to oh, and they're on a journey. They need to get to, they need to go now. Absolutely, uh, and it is that kind of instigating factor that kind of runs them forward onto the the hands. Yes, yeah, and I absolutely love cutting back to Grand Admiral Thrawn where. It's not part of his plan. This is not what was supposed to happen, but they are acceptable casualties once again. He said, look, it's the waste of two TIE fighters, and that's acceptable. I didn't send a battalion of 100 of them, and all 100 are gone. Two are gone. Um, He tells Enoch, make sure they get their reward for uh, that the squadron leader gets the reward for what happened, uh, for the loss of... uh, of life there so in other words inspire the rest of the men to sacrifice themselves effectively yeah um but they accomplished their goal which is again like last week's episode slow down ahsoka and now he's got the timings in his head he's again managing those variables and going okay that restricts their possibilities that they're going to be able to inhibit my plan and he knows then as he orders Enoch to prepare for a ground assault, yes. as effectively Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra do a full frontal on the temple. Yes. Um, and again, this was another scene which I absolutely loved as the Chimera rained hellfire upon mm-hmm. them, as ordered by uh, Thrawn. And again, the intel from Thrawn, there will be no negotiating with the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. You know, mm-hmm. he's done his homework. Uh, he is a nerd. So I, I really enjoyed this. And I loved the image of the underside batteries firing down. I kind of agreed with Grand Admiral Thrawn's frustration. And I loved seeing his that frustration on his face as, you know, 
they manage to get through and enter into the temple mm-hmm. um, after they aren't hit in the slightest by... Yeah, not the, once! <laughs> I know, the whole battery. I mean, even it would have been good if just one of the blasts, because it looked cool, it looked properly cool, um, had knocked, I don't know, Ahsoka off and she had to hitch on to the others, uh, the other howler. Something like that, because... It was raining a lot of laser fire down mm. on there, but it, it looked amazing, and I really enjoyed it. I was expecting the final hit to push them, like, n- knock the howler, and then they tumble through mm-hmm. the, the gate. I was expecting one. Because, again, we're getting into Stormtrooper targeting training. Like, we're get, like Thrawn, you had 15 years. You should have just left them with Enoch on a target range and go... <laughs> Sit there and you gotta hit stuff. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They've absolutely. had nothing else to do but mm-hmm. go on the target range. Yeah, but as we find out later, they've also <laughs> been deteriorating quite a bit as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yes, no, I, I totally understand, but I, again, the realization and the anger that's on Thrawn's face that he didn't hit them once, I think is worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, love, it is. I love seeing that moment of, oh, God, I'm trying everything here. I'm trying to slow them down. I've tried all the variables here. There is still a possibility these people are going to reach um, the battalion that I've laid out for Definitely. them. Definitely. Uh, so I, I know he's managing all the variables, but I still think he wants one of these things, one of his plans to to completely go his way, and they don't always go Absolutely. his way. Absolutely. And to be honest, I think to one of Chris's points from an earlier episode, he does have to have that big win as well, where mm-hmm. it does all come together. The intel, his adaptability, mm-hmm. his yes. tactical genius. And I think that does have to happen. And in a sense... It does by the end of this episode. Yes. Um, what I also liked is there were a lot of great facial expressions in here. And sort of the one immediately after uh, Thrawn's frustration and sort of pent up anger um, at not hitting them uh, is where you see Elspeth effectively being told that she needs to confront the Jedi that have now been able to get into the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her face, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> exactly. You know, she's just been given this, you know, wonderful gift by her great mothers. Yeah. But effectively, the implication of his ask for the Empire is that you at best will get back on board, but at worst, you're going to be left behind here on Peridia or you're going to die. So you're you're just like, I know. I mean, it's literally like getting the present under the Christmas tree uh, on Christmas Day and then you sit on it and break it literally Mm -hmm. um, sort of two hours later. So I did feel for Elspeth here. I did, I did. And I also think, actually, the offer of getting on board wasn't even there. No. Um, you know, when he talks about the battalion, he talks about them as volunteers who know the cost of them volunteering yeah. to stay behind and at least just slow down the people that are going to kill them. And also, if they do die, they're going to be brought back as zombie troopers. Um, you know, um, they look cool. And we've now just created, in live action, a brand new Halloween costume for eternity for Star Wars nerds. Uh, yep. I think they look so cool. I love the lights coming on in their eyes uh, as they come back up from the ground, this green m- magic power that we've seen the Night Sisters use. I thought it looked 
awesome. Um, and they are totally unstoppable. I love that they still fall like stormtroopers do, but then get back up almost immediately yeah. afterwards. So you can still shoot them down, but they get back up and get back up. I never uh, knew I wanted zombie stormtroopers, uh, and now I know I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, even zombie death troopers as well, oh, yes. um, which is literally awesome. Is it not more because they're death, death? Or exactly. Dead, death, death troopers. Yeah. <laughs> they're literally they're death. troops. The yeah. dead, dead troopers. Yeah. Dead, dead. 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 Dead, dead, death troopers. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. I, I really enjoyed this because, I mean, again, it is the, you know, the witchcraft of the great mothers. Mm-hmm. And again, it echoes from what Thrawn said around how Jedi and the Night Sisters use, um, death and resurrection as a power, as a point of subterfuge mm-hmm. and so on. And so I, I just kind of really like this. Um, and, and in a sense, because you don't know, how many survived the the trip Absolutely. Uh, originally to Peridia. So he has, you know, used the the great mothers here. I mean, we hear uh, Ezra talk about how he awoke them in the temple and used them to effectively rebuild his army mm-hmm. uh, of, of dead, I'm guessing, stormtroopers. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, aboard the the ship, but certainly rebuild his ship as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's the question I have: is how because we have that Japanese style of all their armor being kind of put back together with gold and silver kind of pieces, kind of melding it all back together. How many of them were already dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the question. Maybe he did lose half of his battalion already, mm-hmm. and they're just reanimating and reanimating because that Death Trooper. He looked decomposing. Yeah, like he did, was. Didn't he? he looked a lot more kind of squishy than a, a fleshy one would. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that goes up against uh, Sabine, and yes. as she's taking her shots against him using her blasters, you see bits of his mask peeling away, and underneath it is like rotting flesh. Yeah. Underneath, I love that though because they're absolute brutes they don't say a word of course because most yeah. stormtroopers don't but um but he's fighting back and as he's getting bits of his mask taken off he just reaches out and takes off her mandalorian helmet as if like if my final mask is coming off your mask is coming yeah. off <laughs> what your face doesn't look like this too exactly no! <laughs> i i think as well i did actually like the fact that the zombie troopers here uh it, that it did conform to the the rules of zombies in that it was destroy the brains, remove their heads, mm-hmm. because that was the only way that Ezra and Sabine, at least for these death troopers, yes. uh, got to completely stop them. Uh, so yeah. I, I kind of like... This is fantasy, John. This is I fantasy. Know. But you must always adhere to those rules. Exactly. There is you like must a always adhere agreement. to yeah. zombie rules. Yeah. Exactly. So I really like that. And yeah, it, it was, I just... Are they trying to eat brains or do they want to, uh, I want to eat your force to gain your knowledge? Right. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yes. Something else also happened in this scene as well. Um, like you talk about uh, a head coming off. But yes. we also see for the first time uh, Sabine tap into the force to uh, get back her lightsaber before stabbing that death trooper through the head with it, which was so cool. I love that she turns on a lightsaber through the head. Very cool. But yeah, we have a we have a proper new force user uh, taking on board all the lessons of her master to uh, to at least tap into the force for the first time, trusting yeah. in the force. It's really good that on switch worked in that moment. Absolutely, uh, really good. Yeah. 
I do jest, of course, but it was cool. I, I loved that. And I loved the fact that she used it then, you know, even p- persuading Ezra, who ultimately went, yeah, I'll roll with it, it to f- help his force jump uh, through the force push in order to get him uh, mm. across that gap between the henge on top of the temple uh-huh. to uh, the Star Destroyer. Yes. You know? massive um job so that was pretty cool yeah. I, I did actually like that i thought that looked really good on the screen yeah yeah go on ezra you go first uh okay. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you i'll catch you with the force that i've um just connected with uh finally <laughs> finally i feel the power of the force and i trust in it completely you go first uh. yeah exactly that was the kind of, and he's like yeah okay. okay i trust in you sabine i guess is the is, yeah, is what is. we take from yeah, that it must definitely. it must be um but yeah there i i and i know we were expecting it to happen. This is the hero moment, of course. We're expecting that he is going to make it across. But there is a moment as as he starts to fall out of the sky um, before she kicks in with the force that I was going to go. And are they going to have him hanging off the bottom of the ship, maybe, or something <laughs> like that, that he hasn't made the jump? Um, but I didn't think he was going to go splat or anything. But they just have him arc through his jump arc, I suppose. And then she pushes him up from uh, from the bottom yeah, of it. It was to, really cool. I up. thought it was really well done, actually. And they also underpin it with the beautiful uh, force score from the Star Wars movie as well that, that beautiful um, music that always accompanies the force so uh, so we have that, he jumps up and takes out two more uh, troopers as well, very cool um, only other thing about that scene, about the about the zombie scene I, all, I also do love that they had a bit of that zombie movie trope as they uh, close doors behind them but the doors aren't enough to hold the zombie troopers behind so they're breaking through each door as they slowly march on their targets I, li- I like those moments in there, I know it's not a zombie Star Wars movie, but at least they had a couple of those moments as yeah, they make absolutely. their way up. And cool. I mean, even though they are, I guess, zombified, um, they still know how to fire a blaster yes. and in effect cut through a blast door. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not useless. No. Exactly. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And that's because it is being, you know, they are being resuscitated and I guess controlled through these dark powers mm-hmm. of the great mothers. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're a bit more effective than a zombie would be. Absolutely. Because they wouldn't even be able to bite you through the helmet. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. That can't be their modus operandi. They're just being reanimated so they can yeah. continue their mission of taking out the Jedi here. Um, but we do also have, as we kind of mentioned already, the Elspeth versus Ahsoka fight. This was great. I absolutely, I love these two going at it Um you know, mm-hmm. it was so good. This for me, you talked about the fantasy aspect. I keep coming back to the Western and, um, which is John, more John Favreau with the Mandalorian, that type of thing. But this, the Soka so far has really, really leaned heavily into the, the, the Japanese, the kind of inspired manga and films and things, Lone Wolf and Cub, etc. Because like, even this where they had to, your protagonist must go to a tower, ascend the tower mm-hmm. to fight the evil witch with blades against a horde of the, in this case, undead. Like, very Japanese. He literally calls Ahsoka a Ronin. Yes. In, in yeah. this. They lent into this very much. And I loved it because this fight was that. It, it was again, it was very much the Bane and Skull fights that we've had yeah. where Ahsoka dueling which is what we love as Star Wars fans seeing lightsaber battles Absolutely. is just yeah. 
beautiful to see. Seeing lightsaber battles not going the way they're supposed to, like where they fail, Mm -hmm. technically really fail, that's where you're like, oh, this is good. And it just gets better. But just the sword work, just look beautiful. That's it. I thought the flow of this was really, really good. You know, going from the, the, the sword combat to sort of sweeping the legs from under one another and that kind of almost martial arts stuff. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I just loved how it flowed. It felt really epic in terms of the setting of it, but also because you have Elspeth slicing through one of Ahsoka's uh, lightsabers, mm-hmm. yeah. then you, you you suddenly go, okay, it, it, it's one sword against another mm-hmm. uh, here. And ultimately, Elspeth gets cut down, and I was like, and then effectively crushed into the dirt by the temple uh, being bombarded by uh, the the Star Destroyer. Yeah. And, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn, on getting that intel that she's been killed, is like she's done her job. You would almost think Elspeth w- was or should be one of Thrawn's uh, close lieutenants. Yes. And ultimately, he's used her as a pawn on the the game of chess that he yeah. is playing and it and was just like right. oh no yeah. um yeah. so you know it, it it all felt a little sad for poor elspeth yeah um especially but, because yeah what he used her for was another delaying tactic and that's it yeah. like all it, she had to do was keep ahsoka back for long enough so that she didn't make it on board the ship and that's exactly what happens ahsoka doesn't make it on board the chimera um we do see that uh actually sabine even though she said to ezra um then you pull me up after I push you up. Uh, she doesn't take that and stays with her master, stays with Ahsoka uh, here on the planet. So um, <laughs> so maybe she didn't trust in the Force as much as she thought she did. Maybe maybe, she, maybe she saw uh, it happened to work out for Ezra, maybe because of his extra power and she was kind of going, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not up for that. Uh, sometimes when people go for bungee jumps, that happens, right? You go first. Actually, no, I'm not into it. Yeah. Um, so she stayed behind. Uh, Ezra's gone uh, on the Chimera. Um, and we see another little Ezra uh, nod, I think, to uh, to Rebels as he finds the uh, body of a uh, of a uh, stormtrooper and um, gets into gets into the suit and yeah. hides away uh, yeah. for the trip home. Which in yeah. the Rebels, he frequently was on a a speeder, uh, Imperial speeder uniform. He would, mm-hmm. he would wear a few episodes where he's wearing that uh, mm-hmm. undercover. Um, so yeah. And again, there is that moment where, as Thrawn orders the bombardment of the temple, again, you kind of have the great mothers looking at him going, you what? Hang on a second. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Isn't that our uh, home? What, what are you doing to our home? What are you doing? So I, the, the, you know, there were a few of those moments where the facial expressions were just really well played. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just, I thought this was, yeah, really superb as, you get the Eye of Scion coupled with the Chimera mm-hmm. sort of entering into orbit. I mean, it looked really cool. Really did. Yeah. Excellent. Anything else there about uh, about our Knight of the Living Troopers? The final bit I'll just... Uh... The final note I'll just, as we move on to our next saber point, is Ahsoka's got to stop jumping into the middle of the air. <laughs> just, is that, there's going to be a point where Hawang is just going by and he's like, three, two, one. Oh, you meant and zero. Oh, God, so sorry. <laughs> ah, 
Like they have it down. Like as someone who does a podcast recording with John frequently once a week, there's multiple times our ones and claps mm-hmm. where we sync up our audio is sometimes pretty off. Yeah. But, and yeah, I mean, true. like enough that if I was Ahsoka and you were Harang and you were jumping and they definitely <laughs> one of us would go splat. I'd, like the, you would go into the wall or I would go down on the ground. Like it's definitely just four out of five times. It's really funny that you say that because actually that was a joke in last week's episode. We didn't even mention it on the podcast. Um, when Ahsoka was about to jump out of the ship, um, to, to catch up with Ezra and, and, uh, and Sabine, um, she, who, who Yang says to her, we're not going to do this again, are we? Do you remember what happened before? And she goes, yes, you missed. And he goes, um, well, I was, I was really sorry about that. <laughs> right. So in the past, he has missed those and mistimed them. So it was a good job he didn't, uh, so miss he this didn't one. mistime this one, thankfully. It was a long uh, fall down. She would have been, <laughs> she would have been with Elspeth, uh, yeah. amongst the rubble. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get on to our final saber point. Saber point number three. And I think. We kind of have to call it here. The Empire does strike back uh, here. We we are ending this series on an Empire Strikes Back note. The show is called Ahsoka, and we've left Ahsoka in another galaxy as our main antagonist, Grand Admiral Thrawn, has arrived back. He's accomplished his plan, his vision, and boy, does he taunt her. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. I, I just thought of Cartman going, but I loved it. Um, because, you know, it, it's kind of just really messing with mm-hmm. her head. Um, you know, I'm really, I commend your efforts. You know, yes. I'm, I wish we could have met face to face. It might rue that one now. Um, yeah. and, but then just, you know, that, that little bit of psychological warfare of, and then he also kind of makes reference to, you know, maybe, you know, her past with Anakin Skywalker and to what extent, you know, she might become him as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I knew, I knew your master. Yeah. Uh, you may be very like him. Perhaps this galaxy is a place where a Ronan like you yeah. belongs. And then finishing it off with long live the empire as he uh, gets the heck out of there. Um, I loved this. I really love that last taunt from Thrawn while he leaves her behind. And there's nothing they can do. There's there's nothing left. He, of course, doesn't know that Ezra's on, Ezra is aboard his ship. But, um, yeah, loved it. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we also got an answer to the question as to where they were going to arrive to. Uh, we thought that they would be traveling on the same path as the Purgle, but actually they're able to travel to Dothamir because they know the coordinates for Dothamir as well. They're not... They're not um, set on the same path as the arrival we had assumed last week that they'd be arriving back at CETOS. Um much like the new New Republic, they also assumed that they were going to arrive back at CETOS because we see that they're all surrounding. Exactly. Uh, they the, are the smart. Point. Yes. They are smart. They are. Uh, which was good. Yeah, no, I thought that was I thought it was pretty smart that they jumped to Dothamir and yeah, you see all their cargo mm. uh, sort of uh I they must be it, it must be stormtroopers or night witches. There was a lot. This was a there. lot. Of yeah, them. yeah. This, this feels like this could be the army um, to bring the Definitely. imperial remnant back together again. That's what it, that's what it seems like. But yeah, I was absolutely doing a Brad Pitt and Seven. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the millions of boxes? <laughs> Please tell us. Uh, and we're not going to find that out, uh, unfortunately, this season. No, we're not. Uh, but we do have. Ezra making his escape off that uh, Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is kind of interesting because again maybe just the turbo lasers missed uh, and we just didn't see that but and interestingly it's going back to the first episode mm-hmm. with you know that imperial shuttle arriving on the new republic starship and yeah. uh, him coming out and that whole scene in the the docking bay so i, I kind of like that is it bail and skull ship that he took it looks like it. It looks it like I'd it. have to go back and watch episode one and just confirm, was that exactly the same ship that arrived as well? Uh, I just wasn't sure, but I'm just wondering if he took the ship, because Balin doesn't have it and Jin no. doesn't have it. So, But I don't think they brought it aboard the Eye of Sion. Oh, maybe not. Either. Maybe so not. I don't think it is his ship, okay. but it's the same class right. of, of ship, uh, for sure. Yeah, so I, I was interested that he had managed to escape the star destroyer and that it was done in that way because you know you have the great mothers knowing that ahsoka was on her way so mm-hmm. you have this feeling that if they had just consulted their hacky sacks and um, <laughs> that maybe they would know that he a he's on board mm-hmm. despite the disguise and b he had escaped so and you know surely the Star Destroyer would spot a shuttle leaving uh, its bay. Because interestingly as well, Enoch talks about ComScan, which was quite good. My little nerdy self went back to uh, Empire Strikes Back where we first get that, Mm. um, where we have General Veers talking about ComScan has detected uh, a base on uh, Hoth. Oh, very good. I thought that was quite good. Very good. That's when they um, identified that Ezra and uh, and Ahsoka were about to arrive at the, uh, at yeah. the planet. Yeah. So the, I, I kind of I kind of yeah. like that little nod back to Very cool. to Empire. Yeah. But I love the scene of Ezra coming off the shuttle and it involving Chopper. Absolutely, absolutely right. We haven't gotten much Chopper in the season so far, but Chris, were you able to interpret Chopper this time? Did you Did you get what he was saying? Because no. I I actually had a little a little smile. Little tear, because what he's saying is, is it you? Is it you, Ezra? It's like, oh, little chop knows yeah. his master. That's cute. No, so I didn't cute. get that. Yeah. I didn't get it. I got the tilting of the head going very much in R2-D2 with, with yeah. Luke. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that's what was closer, but I didn't get the actual... Yeah. And I like that when Hera raises her, her laser pistol as he comes off the shuttle, Chopper goes, whoa. (laughs) That I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah, that was was really good. I liked this little reunion. I thought it was... Exactly. I would have liked liked to see the escape. That was my only... Yeah. uh, I like just as like literally like you to see the ship as it lands at Dathomir because we saw the shot of it arriving at Dathomir Mm -hmm. literally like Ezra running off. I would yeah. have liked that and jumping to hyperspace because yeah. again it just raises question of how bad a shot are these guys, these death troopers and these zombie <laughs> troopers. Um, but it just would have been nice to get that. But I understand timings, things like that. Yeah, I, actually, the other side of that, I, another great shot is the Eye of Sion with the Star Destroyer arriving at Dathomir. Yes, the kind of the the hoop of the eye of science sort of fitting around mm. the planet the uh, and then it it gradually shrinking around oh that was cool. really very cool yeah yeah i'm not gonna lie like this this whole episode had some 
I would say cinematic, and I, I don't mean to kind of disparage like Disney Plus TV shows, mm-hmm. but I mean like proper IMAX cinema screen yeah, definitely. level shots where you're like, if I saw that on an IMAX or yeah. an iSense or whatever kind of large scale cinema screen you're watching, you're going to go, oh, yeah. like that starters where you would literally feel the rumble as it comes over like mm-hmm. yeah. from the top of the screen down. Like it was that kind of level of shots and you're like, yeah, this is this is what we're getting. This is Absolutely. this in my head is where we're going to get with Filoni and his film, and we're going to get those types of shots. He is basically preempting, telling us the storylines, the level of fantasy. He's like you said, it's really just oh. Mwah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no. Ab- <laughs> absolutely. You know, it, there was there was only one episode of this season shown in the cinemas. Episode five. Um, the the one written and directed by Filoni. Um, and I think you're right, Chris. You know, it's 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 so interesting to think, considering how cinemas are kind of having their problems with um the amount of movies coming out, the amount of movies not making the money that they used to, that kind of thing. Um, some of the inspiration for Star Wars originally coming from weekly Saturday serials. And it would be so interesting if we went back to that, if the quality that was being produced for TV allowed six-episode season of a show to be broadcast weekly in theatres, in cinemas, uh, so people would queue up and watch the next latest episode of the Star Wars Ahsoka Season 2 or something like that. How fascinating would that be if it Absolutely. went back to something like that? You pop down to the cinema for an hour each week to get the premiere uh, yeah. of Ahsoka. You know? and, and the cost of the ticket is a series pass. Something yeah. like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they're, they're gonna It's start not about a million. Yeah, exactly. And so that it's also not like, I don't know, uh, so expensive as a single trip. It's not twenty five quid per ticket like yeah, it is exactly. at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. But it is cool. You're totally right. There's 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 such a style associated with this show, and I hope it's really been hitting with audiences. I think it has. It seems to have been very popular yeah. uh, with audiences. I hope people are are watching it and allow them to continue investing in this show because we don't want it to be next season made on a real shoestring budget and everything's in three corridors of uh, of the uh, the Chimera and we can't get any exterior shots that weren't filmed for season one or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Unless so, yeah. it's all done by the, the uh, Stephen DeKnight from the original uh, Daredevil uh, on Netflix and we get the Netflix hall panel. <laughs> so it's just, it's a whole, every episode is a hallway scene with a lightsaber. Yeah. Just one Jedi versus a hallway of death troopers. There you go. Yeah. There, there you go. go. Nine one episodes of one shot. <laughs> sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably even Stephen DeLight couldn't carry that off. Uh, I don't know. We could, yeah. He could try. Um, should we talk about the, the galaxy far, far away and yes. not the galaxy far, far away that we go back to? The, the other galaxy far, far away. Because, I know, they're going to have to start naming galaxies. Yeah, they really, so the Galaxy A and Galaxy B. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy A is the usual Star Wars universe. Galaxy B is the galaxy far, far away, <laughs> yeah. where Ahsoka is right now, along with Sabine and Balin Skull and Shin Hattai. Mm-hmm. Like that. So, again, they're stranded there. Yep. But are they? So, this is the thing. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. Shin Hattai, yes, is stranded there. She's going to hook up with those raiders. Baron Scott is going to find his his MacGuffin of a superpower that we just don't know about yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka and Sabine are with the Noti, mm-hmm. but they still have the ship. Yeah. Yep. And they got there via Purgle. Yes. So, technically, yeah. she just has to go up to space, find a Purgle, 
go, hey, would you mind if we just hop in your mouth again for a bit and we'll be back, pop back to the other place? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there, that was there's... the way I was like, it, it, it didn't have that level of peril because they're stuck in the galaxy. Because I'm like, but they got to that galaxy through the purgle. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely a ruse out of there, but I, I, I don't know whether the peril is meant to be there because ultimately Ahsoka does say to Sabine, Ezra is where he needs to be mm-hmm. and we are where we need to be. So whether it's through the force or it's just being really philosophical at a moment of sheer panic and, um, you know, she. No, it's through the force. No, exactly. Yeah. But she is. You know, she knows that they and need to be there. There is a reason there, and yep. we ultimately see that through the fact that Shin Hatai and Balen Skull, Balen Skull are, are still there. Yes, still there. so, so Balen Skull will not be unopposed in his quest for whatever that power is. There are now two Jedi, or at least a Mandalorian in training as a Jedi and a full-blown Jedi on the planet, possibly able to stop him from achieving his goal. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, love that. Yeah, and I well, look, I get that. Maybe that is that whole, like, they need to be there to unoppose. But, like, I I took it as more, the way they set it, right? The way it felt to me was, oh, no, they're stranded there, too. Right. And I was like, but they're not. Because they got there fine and they can kind of go back. Yeah. And then they do have that philosophical, forcey, Yoda-like response mm-hmm. which we are he is where it is and we are where we're supposed to be exactly and i was like okay yeah yeah i mean i think i i think as well with the purgle though their journey there to that planet is governed by you know their kind of natural rhythms yeah. so the thing is is it might be the case if that's the place where they die then ultimately they're not they're that often. They're not there every week. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so <laughs> it's not a weekend trip yeah. of Aspen kind of yeah. thing. No, exactly. Yeah. It, it's yeah. so like it and could be. The last be time they that, went there, they got shot in mind. So yeah. it'd be a while yeah. before so, they come back. <laughs> so I, I think it's not like yeah. a, a bus um yeah. that they'll show up. <laughs> the number twelve's coming. And and if they do, I guess the interesting thing is, well, do they return on their own to die? Or with the others that kind of watch them then yeah. slowly sort of go into the orbit of mm. Peridia. And I'm guessing they go there as the shoal or, or the group, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they are stranded there. For now. But there will be a moment and a season where they're able to get back off there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the other thing to say Ezra was truly stranded there. Grand Admiral may have been able to make some plan to get out of there with his massive ship with hyperspace capability. Ezra was stranded there with nothing. Like he yeah, had no he ship, ship, no nothing. He was definitely stranded there until one of his mates decided to, or found a way to yes. make the trip to get there. Yeah. There's still a possibility. However far it could be that Ahsoka could take her ship, aim for a second star on the left and spend 75,000 years traveling between galaxies. <laughs> so there's, they can at least get off the planet, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so they're not as stranded, at least, as, as yeah. Ezra was. But I do truly think in the writing right there from Dave Filoni, when, when Ahsoka is saying, we are here because the Force believes we should be here, that is him saying, next Absolutely. season, next time we see these characters, they are there to make sure that Balenskal doesn't achieve his goal and Shinatai uh, is 
dealt with or brought into the fold yeah, or exactly. whatever whatever the plan is. But that, that's absolutely, we are here for a reason. I have to also call out, we see the ghost of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Force ghost looking on uh, to his Padawan, uh, now a master with her own apprentice. And we see the smile of Hayden Christensen uh, yes. looking on. Yeah. Really cool. Really yeah, cool. Absolutely. And um, Sabine also presumably feels his presence. She seems to, yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Ahsoka doesn't seem to see him. Yeah. Um, at least she doesn't mention it. Um, so this is a force ghost. We know it's a projection from the afterlife. We know that there is some surviving part of that character. It's not just the ghost of a dead relative. It's something a bit more than that. Um, we've had Qui-Gon Jinn reach out to Obi-Wan Kenobi in, uh, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So here we have Anakin Skywalker, who died in the other galaxy, able to reach out to uh, Ahsoka in some way. Yeah. But they're not connecting just here. But uh, I did think it was a lovely way to end the series. Uh, there's been so much respect paid throughout the series to Anakin Skywalker, the connection with uh, with Ahsoka, and bringing that as the final image that we have, uh, I thought was really good. Yeah, exactly. All the love to Hayden Christensen. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I feel it's a beautiful ending. My problem being is, as of right now, the next time we are seeing Ahsoka and Sabine and Bay and Skull is because is the Dave Filoni film. Maybe. Because they well they just because as of right now the the schedule is skeleton crew uh, and one other show and then that's it. Theoretically that's what they've kind of said as a Star Wars celebration right now. Yeah. For me, I'm like that doesn't they've left a lot a lot of chess pieces on a board to uh-huh. fill to in a two and a half hour film. Whereas what I would like to see, and I'm hoping upon hope, is that this is Ahsoka season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, p- kind of tidies a bit more of that up ahead yeah. of a film because uh, yeah. I think. But it's just it's in that kind of. I know it's it's seventy percent going to happen that way. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is because of the WAGA strike and the SAG-AFTRA strike and the, the, what's going on in Hollywood right now, they're not doing a, yep, we didn't get that. Ahsoka will return. End credit. Yeah. And that's what I fear is the worst happens. Fear is the path it. to the dark side. It is. Yes, but it's, it, is. <laughs> it, it leads me to beg please, Mr. Disney plus Bob Iger, give us the season two yeah. so that more people build in and kind of yeah. you get that Mandalorian level, oh, it's here kind mm-hmm. of uh, approach. Um, I, I'm hoping we will, though, as well. I mean, I, I, I definitely would like to see a season two yeah. where they deal with some of this on the small screen. And quite frankly, I would love for Dave Filoni to do a Star Wars movie trilogy. So I well, mean, yeah. the other side of it is, you know, we know we're getting a Star Wars movie and I know it has been talked about uh, to close off Filoni's kind of arcs, I guess, that yeah. he's written and developed through Clone Wars and Rebels and so on now through uh, this series. But you just don't know in terms of the treatment because I think you do need to see a bit more. So I, I would agree with you in that sense, actually, um, Chris, for sure. But I, I guess maybe I'm just a bit more hopeful. And rebellions are built on hope. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I remember from Celebration, this was a comment from Dave Filoni saying he's building towards a film that ties it all together. It wasn't Mandalorian in the movie. It wasn't anything like that. He was saying, this is my plan. I am yeah. aiming towards a Mandalorian movie. It wasn't scheduled out on a plan that set a specific date or a specific year that it was coming out. This was Dave Filoni laying out, I am now building the shows that I'm building towards a movie. Um, the only one that had been announced was Skeleton Crew. The second season of Andor is in there, but that's leading into Rogue One. That's not even leading into this series. There's the Acolyte that's attached to this this series. There was another series that has since been cancelled because of uh, a particular actress that was working on Mandalorian. Um, but <laughs> things will change and things will move. But yeah. what Dave Filoni is saying, don't worry, everybody. If you see a cliffhanger in one of my shows, it'll either be picked up on another show or picked up in the Mandalorian movie yeah. or this this end movie. Um, so I think that was more just to give everybody a bit of hope that it will all get resolved, but there will be cliffhangers along the way. And I think that's that's kind of all we got to hope uh, along with. So, uh, But as with everything, if people don't watch it or people aren't interested in it, we won't get it. So, um, no, no, I agree. So, yeah, yeah. I think the best way to, to describe this for me is that I am getting... I, I want a bit more closure on some of these, and this felt very much like part one of a part two. We're like, this is where you're going into the next a series, and because we haven't got that announced yet, I was like, oh, no, please, please, oh, gods and spirits and uh, force gods and everyone else you pray to, please give us that season two. Well, the studios could have cut down the time by at least four months by making a deal earlier, which they didn't do. So yes. they obviously didn't want the money. So that was their that was their decision, and um, they could cut it down even further if they make a deal with the actors this exactly. week. Exactly. So, and Ben yeah. Skull has a thing about impatience as well. Yes, absolutely, true. absolutely. Right. Uh, any final notes? There's one thing I know we need to call out. Yes. So I'm going to let John call that one out. We yeah, we have Sabine uh, spotting an owl. Uh, in, a spotted owl? Not a spotted owl. A, 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 a kind of a, a white non-spotted owl yes um which is something that you saw in rebels in the world between worlds yes that, you uh, did. when ezra goes there for the first time there is this owl and he also you know he's got his loath cats he's, there's the loath wolves that there's also owls as well and so this was kind of an interesting little development i loved it just because when we were talking about world two worlds on the two or three episodes we talked about it john for some reason was mentioning the l every single time we talked about it and i was going that's not important that's not necessary and um we don't need to to include the owls in there and that appears in the last episode as a little reference to possibly there's hope that they have a way out of this situation and john just laughed at me so uh, so john <laughs> you were right i was wrong uh, once again oh we need our good omens uh soundtrack i think you were right. You were right. I was wrong. You were right. Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Any other notes from the episode, guys? Uh, none from me. Nothing from me. Fantastic. That's it for our coverage of Ahsoka, hopefully season one. Uh, Chris, overall, what did you think of the episode? As an episode, I really enjoyed it. it, it the, the the fights, the, the cinematography, the, the stunt coordination on those fights. Oh, like some of those lightsaber battles or... What other people say may call laser swords, uh, lightsabers, laser swords, whatever you want to call it. It was still a fantastic vision. We made a joke earlier in our discussions about necromancy and like, it's just going to be the night sisters raising the dead. It yep. happened in the last episode. Um, 
I if I was to score it, it'd be a four out of five for me. Again, just the a lot of the 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 story beats left on the table. Just for me, I was like, I wished I could have got a bit more, like an extra ten minutes where they just kind of walked Balin Skull up to and into a temple, or just that bit bit more because I felt that would have given me a bit more. Again, I'm speaking as my own personal kind of view on this, a bit more resolution. Um, because we don't have that season two announcement yet. Maybe it comes the day after we record this podcast, and then I'm like, cool. That I I then bump it to a four point five out of five. <laughs> um, but honestly, that's just it. I just wish there was a bit more to this meetingness and story. Hoping we get a lot more. So overall, really enjoyed it, and we'll have our kind of wrap up when we do our wrap up of our quiz uh, for this uh, show. I'll give my final kind of full season thoughts quickly as well. Um, but we'll do that then. Derek, what did you think of this final episode? Absolutely love this. Perfect closing for the season for me. Um, you know, we we often talk about what's your favorite Star Wars movie. We often land on Empire Strikes Back and as Star Wars fans collectively, I think Empire Strikes Back being uh, the most loved because it's so different from all the other movies. And I think Ahsoka as a series has been so different. Um, the only extra benefit of the series was we're dealing with characters really familiar to me who i absolutely love seeing on screen while we didn't get enough time with some of them definitely chopper needed way more screen time definitely Hera needed more than just her moments that we saw earlier on in the season um the whole storyline of getting uh, ahsoka sabine and ezra back together to propel ezra back to his rightful place amongst the rebels uh Absolutely wonderful. Loved it. Loved the close out of the season. This particular episode, you mentioned it, Chris. It's some absolutely stunning visuals. Great moments with, with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Laughing, cackling, also getting very angry at his plans not going the way that he wanted <laughs> them to go. But they still succeeded, and he was willing to rub uh, Ahsoka's face in it for, for that. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think this is um, probably... It's definitely up there with Andor as my favorite uh, type of Star Wars show. But both are in equal pegs, one telling a completely different story to the other. Uh, I think they're they're pretty equal in terms of what Star Wars live action has delivered. And uh, jumping off from one of my favorite animated shows, yeah, I think uh, this is definitely in my wheelhouse. And uh, I loved it. Uh, really looking forward to seeing more of all of these characters in the future. Whatever configuration that is, whether it is just seeing Ezra interacting with uh, Din Djarin and Mandalorian or whether we see the entire crew back for a second season of Ahsoka, whatever way it works out. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Great stuff. John, what about yourself? How would you close out your thoughts for this episode of Ahsoka? Well, a Jedi and a witch and a warlord walk into a bar and, <laughs> oh no, that's for later when we do the cantina quiz. Okay. Uh, yes. No, I, I really, really enjoy this. Um, I, I think actually... You know, my uh, my heart would give this five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my sciency objective brain would kind of give this four and a half green eyed monsters out of five. I absolutely did love the spectacle of this. Mm-hmm. I loved the emotion. I loved um, as as we've said so, some really fantastically epic uh, sequences uh, that will. You know, be iconic. Uh, I think mm-hmm. in the Star Wars lore, um, really good. 
I loved the magic side of it with Elspeth and the Great Mothers. I really feel sorry for Elspeth, uh, not only being cut down by Ahsoka, but then effectively, I will drop a building on you as well. I know. know. It's always irked me when, you know, sort of the rules that apply on one side, in a sense, don't get applied to the others. And I think the TIE Fighter sequence, that was, for me one of those instances where actually the TIE Fighters pilot must have been on the shooting range because they got a shot bang on mm-hmm. straight oh, yeah, off. True. Um, but then how it happened and, and how they were downed and taken out, I thought looked visually cool. Yes. I thought it was really, really good. But I was just like, yeah, that ship's done for, um, <laughs> at least on its Delta wing. So th- there was that kind of thing. And We've all, talked about it. I, I know we have, but it's still, that's how I kind of, Yep. feel about that scene to be honest i thought visually it was absolutely cool i don't mm-hmm. want to say style over potential you know s- fantasy substance but or space fantasy substance but at the end of the day you know the different rules apply and i think um just all the turbo laser stuff you know it i know it's a joke and all that but it Those little things just kind of niggle at me sometimes because I'm like going, you know, just make it a little bit harder. Even if like one of the explosions had knocked them off the howlers and they had to kind of like run for it or something like that. Do you think it would have been better if we'd seen Ahsoka using her force powers to deflect the bolts? Like actually showing it on screen that that's what they're doing, that they're not just... Yes. That they're not just missing, that our Jedi-powered heroes are actually avoiding the bolts because they're able to anticipate them, which is part of their training. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. it is there. It is in-universe. There is an explanation for why they're being missed by these massive cannons shooting down towards them. But it's just not being shown on screen. So potentially if we had a moment where we have an arm wave to show they pushed a bolt out of their future direction. Uh, but they are darting quite a lot no, there. they so, are. They are. Um, As yeah. I say, it, it's, just little it's, a, it's a minor niggle. Yeah. I think... And for me, I, I think just the biggest niggle was the, the, the feeling that Ben Skull and mm-hmm. Shin Hatai's stories were parked here. Yeah. Like, I'm glad they got their little ending. Um, but I really enjoyed these two characters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really intriguing at the end of the last episode. And I just think a little bit more time spent with them here. Um, and with hindsight, obviously, for... Ben Skull's character and, and with what's happened with Ray Stevens, I think that would have been an even better send off. Although I, I, I just loved the epicness of how yeah. Ray Stevenson, uh, on the arm looking towards uh, that mountain, uh, it looked really cool and I was really pleased for him. Uh, so they were my kind of niggles, um, which I think would bring it down, but mm-hmm. my heart is definitely a five, uh, but ultimately on reflection, and I'm probably still being generous because I absolutely did love this, um, four and a half green-eyed monsters out of five. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. R.I.P. Ray Stevenson, just such a great contribution yes. in this series to yeah. the show. And, you know, it's such a shame because it felt, you know, we we talked about it right at the start of the season um, at, at Star Wars Celebration. He was so excited to be part of the Star Wars universe. And now seeing the series and where his story ended, it probably felt like he, he was being told, yes, you have a major part in this show, but wait till you see what we've got planned for you in the future of this character. Yeah. Um, and now, unfortunately, he won't be able to play that role. So uh, a big legacy um, to step up to for whoever takes on that role uh, in the future. But, um, but but yeah, what a great contribution he made. Excellent stuff. I think we do need to go to the cantina, John. 
We certainly do. Who's going to be the Jedi? Who's going to be the witch? And who is going to be the warlord out of the three of us? <laughs> I think I have to be, since I'm the planner and the uh, editor and uh, and the um, guy behind the scenes. That makes me the warlord, right? Okay, I'll be the witch. I'm... I'll be the witch. Okay, I get it. You've got the powers. Uh, I'll be the witch. Uh, right, fellow rebels, fellow quizzes. Uh, it is... Episode 8, we are on our final question for the Ahsoka Cantina quiz uh, with question 8. What is the call sign of the Night Trooper that Ezra finds and impersonates? By impersonate, we mean he's still the the outfit of the Night Trooper, and that's what he's wearing when he arrives. But there is a moment where you hear his call sign. Right, cool. John, do you want to give the the question one more time? Yes. What is the call sign of the Night Trooper that Ezra finds and impersonates? Fantastic. That's the eighth question of eight in our Star Wars Ahsoka Cantina quiz. Get them together. Get right and right now. Email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries with correct answers to all eight questions. And you could be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Star Wars Ahsoka goodies. If you don't remember any of the questions or missed any of the questions, pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com. There is a pub quiz section up there which has all eight questions in there at the moment yes good luck fellow quizzes mm-hmm. and fellow rebels uh, in your fight to attain <laughs> supremacy uh, in the cantina absolutely let's hear what some of our fellow rebels thought about this episode Good stuff. First up, we have our email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow Homeward Bound defenders. So much of me was giddy with feelings of, this is your father's Star Wars when watching this. This was tempered by Sabine's presence, the bratty embodiment of the subvert your expectations desecration that was The Last Jedi. Soapbox and Sabine aside, this was everything I loved about the original trilogy, taking me back to childhood and any one of my eight viewings of The Empire Strikes Back in the cinema. Hu Yang and Chopper went a long way in convincing one that droids are living beings with the former taking professorly joy in schooling Ezra on the building of lightsaber and the latter showing force sensitivity in recognising him at the end of the episode. Ahsoka was the epitome of a Jedi Master in battle acumen, acceptance of situation, and saintliness of patience. Ezra threaded the needle nicely between the attitudes of Ahsoka and Sabine, downright oozing personality. As for the bad guys, is it wrong to root for Thrawn? His brilliant strategies laid out coldly and without ego in support of a cause he believes in was almost hypnotizing to watch. Morgan's epitaph of she served her purpose summed up his character perfectly. Finally, I can't wait to see how this setup plays out with Ahsoka, Sabine, Balin and Shin stranded, Ezra, Thrawn and the sisters in play and how the New Republic in its infancy deals with this situation. Truly good stuff. Five heroes thrown to the wolves, canny choppers and the Knights of the Living Stormtroopers out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Fantastic coffee and vodka. Yeah, good Sorry. stuff, coffee and vodka. Uh, I absolutely, totally get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really good seeing this on screen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For sure. And loved every minute of this, apart from maybe a couple of other things. <laughs> um, and yeah, The Empire Strikes Back is one of my, well, probably my favourite yeah. of, of all the Star Wars as well. Um, hence why I'm obsessed with General Veers, to mm-hmm. be honest. And dare I say, Comscan. I mean, who else would know that? Absolutely. She. So, you know, there was a moment in last week's episode that John couldn't remember General Veers' name 
And for some reason, because he couldn't remember it, I was going, well, it can't be General Veers because John quotes General Veers all the time. <laughs> I was really shocked. Well, and then after yeah. we were like, oh, my God, brain fart. Uh, it was yeah. General Veers. <laughs> yeah. Not all the time. All the time. <laughs> no, I just, In every just situation. Around, you yeah. just go around quoting Imperial generals. That's who mm-hmm. I would probably um, dress up as, if, you know, at a convention. Yeah. That, that That would be my... Uh, outfit. It would be General His Fierce. outfit of choice. And yeah. I would do a little cardboard attest. <laughs> uh, Great stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Uh, we also got an email in from Darth Von Doom who had this to say. Greetings, new Republicans. Bravo. I feel Dave Filoni and Rick Famua hit a home run with this finale. They closed some loops and left others open to continue this story. The opening battle in the finale makes a good Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Thrawn yeah. and the witches remind me of Dracula and his brides. Wow. I will miss Morgan. It was nice to see a hint of annoyance cross Thrawn's face. Mm-hmm. I believe the Night Sister did not take too kindly to Thrawn blowing their <laughs> temple. Absolutely. Could be a future problem for him. I saw Balin was standing on the statue of Mortis Gods. I noticed the daughter figure was destroyed. Ooh. Perhaps the Morai the Owl was trying to warn Ahsoka about his plans. I wonder if Force Ghost Anakin can contact the Purgle to help Ahsoka and crew get home. Happy to see Ezra adding to his enemy trooper helmet collection and his reunion with Chopper was great. Again, a nice job setting up things for the future. Look forward to the podcast and the feedback. The Force is strong in you, Darth Von Doom. Fantastic stuff, Darth Von Doom. Love it. And uh, continuing to adopt his moniker for the uh, entire season. Well done, uh, yes. Victor. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Love it. Love it. Um, some great points here. You know, I, I really like your, your idea that uh, that Thrawn and, and his witches remind him of Dracula and the brides of Dracula. That's quite cool. Yeah, there's definitely a darkness that's in this show yeah. um, that's seething in the background, uh, particularly when Thrawn's on screen and the and the witches are on screen. So uh, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's it's just that threat, isn't it? It mm. is like you, the threat that you got in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, and it, it just kind of, it puts you on edge uh, around, I guess, you know, what happens with the Jedi mm-hmm. or, or with, you know, the generals in the New Republic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, yeah, really good. And yes, I, the, the, the annoyance across Thorne's face and the Night Sisters uh, seeing their temple, uh, getting decimated. Uh, I think he could be in trouble, uh, with, uh, with them for that at some future point. I think we mentioned that previously, you know, it, it, will they ultimately end up being his Achilles heel? You know, will he sort of disregard them mm-hmm. too much in the same way that he has done with Morgan Elspeth? Yeah. Um, yep. Who I, I will miss as well. You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Remember, everything either serves Thrawn's plan or it doesn't. Like, that's yeah. basically it. So if the, if the, uh, Great mothers decide that they have a different plan, and um, they could be very quickly discarded by Thrawn. So, yes. yeah, al- although he is getting a lot of intel on them, seeing how they do their stuff. Very yeah. true. Very true. Great stuff, Victor. And I, yeah, I, I really do think this is going to potentially set up an amazing opportunity for a Halloween special. <laughs> so, can you just imagine a, a zombie film on a ship with some of these death troopers? Zombie yeah. Death Troopers, that's an amazing, like, 40-minute Halloween special. 
just off the cuff. It'd be, even animated would be great to watch. I'm yeah. telling you, that's uh, there you go. We've we've got our assignment uh, between now and uh, the next season of Ahsoka. We have to write the uh, Halloween special. Um, yeah. yeah featuring the night troopers excellent stuff thanks so much for your feedback we are recording very early this time because uh, myself and john are actually going away for the weekend so i've got to get straight into editing mode so if we have not received your feedback on this episode and you'd like to send some into us please email it into us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to the facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries there's a spoiler post up there where you can put in any of your thoughts and we'd love to talk about them uh thanks so much for joining us once again for uh, star wars ahsoka this season's been great uh hopefully we'll be back in the world of star wars well we know when we'll be back in the world of star wars with the bad batch season three coming next year the final season of uh, of the bad batch yeah uh, wrapping up the story uh of all of all of them um making that connection between uh Omega and Shin Hatai, I'm sure, in the third season. <laughs> it won't happen. It won't happen. Uh, but until then, we have loads of other shows that we're covering. Uh, right now, we're covering three different shows. This is the first of our two finales for the week. Uh, we will be going to The Wheel of Time uh, for their finale over on Prime Video uh, later on this week. We are also just kicking off our coverage of Gen V, the spin-off of The Boys. Uh, first three episodes came out last week. Episode four coming out on Friday of this week, and we have our podcast ready to go, uh, waiting for you uh, to uh, get into the uh, the fun um depths i guess of uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. of the characters in gen v a very different show uh from this one um but a lot of fun uh all in yes. definitely well worth watching uh we are delaying our coverage of loki i can say now we have seen the first four episodes of loki yep. season two all three of us have watched uh, the first four episodes of the show but we just couldn't fit in our coverage of it so we want to hear your thoughts uh, on how you're feeling about loki as you go through the episodes and we will get back to uh, to loki episode one i think next week yeah i think we'll try and fit it in next week yeah especially because we'll be down to just just two shows then <laughs> yeah you know just two. Yeah, instead of four in one week yeah Great stuff. Thank you so much for everyone for listening to our Ahsoka coverage. It's been great. We've been great. You've been great. It's been great to be here. <laughs> and with that all said and done, I am Chris and I will see you in a galaxy far, far away. Now, just remember, going to that galaxy, you take a burgle to the left and then you get off at the <laughs> elephant graveyard and it's the first planet on your right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, fellow Rebels, for joining us for this season, season one of Ahsoka. Uh, until season two, mm-hmm. shall I say. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep rebelling. Absolutely. And uh, keep entering the, uh, the pub quiz. <laughs> Send in your answers to the Cantina pub quiz. We will be back with, uh, with that wrap-up, of course, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.